Today we're going to talk about reset relationships. Reset relationships. You see, one of the most important decisions you'll make in your life are your relationship decisions. You see, the best decisions you'll ever make in life will flow out of the right relationships. And the worst decisions that you will make in your life will flow out of the wrong relationships. Just think about it with me. The majority of the decisions that you've made, whether they've been good or bad, you can trace them back to relationships. The right relationships or the wrong relationships, the right influences or the wrong influences. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 13 and verse 20. Walk, talking about relationship. Walking. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Your relationship decisions are either making you more wise and bringing you success or causing foolishness and bringing you trouble. Come on, just kind of look at your neighbor and just whisper. Foolishness or wisdom, which one? Which one? You know, which one? It's one or the other. It's either bringing you wisdom or bringing you foolishness. Relationships, relationships, relationships. And, and one of the, the issues in our culture today is people don't understand the importance of relationships. They just don't, don't take them seriously. Relationships in our culture are actually devalued. They're, they're just devalued. People don't think, they, don't, they, they actually think that they have deep relationships and they really don't. There are a lot of people that think they have, I've got great relationships, and, and they don't. You hear somebody say, well, one of my closest friends, you know, we, we're just really close. Well, how often do you talk? Well, we hadn't talked in a year and a half, but we text every day. Well, I just want you to know, you don't have a deep relationship through texting. I'm thankful for it, but that's not a deep relationship. You say, well, we're Facebook friends. Well... They ought to change the name because that's really not your friend. Just because you have somebody that you're connected to on Facebook doesn't make you a friend. Just because you follow somebody on social media, I'm close friends with such and such. I see all of their pictures on Instagram. Just because you see their pictures don't mean you're friends. Just because you read their tweets doesn't make you a friend. And, and because of social media, we, we start devaluing relationships and, and connections. And, and those kind of relationships on social media or texting, that's superficial. That, th those are shallow relationships. And if your relationships stay at the superficial level, you will miss out on what God has for your life in 2017 and beyond. I, I want to teach you some theology right now. The study of God. I want to teach you some theology just really quick. You have to understand this. You have to understand that the entire Bible is written with, an, with a relational mindset because God is a relational God. Hear me. Let me teach this to you because if you don't understand this, you're not going to approach the Bible right. You won't understand Christianity. You won't understand how to live it out. If you don't understand that the Bible is written relationally because God is a relational God, you'll never fulfill your potential. You see, at God's very core, he is a relational God. At his very being, at the core of his being, God is a relational God. Matter of fact, he is one God that exists in three persons. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It'll blow your mind to try to figure it out. But it's one God who exists in three persons. God the Father has a relationship with God the Son. God the Son has a relationship with God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit has a relationship with God the Father. One God who exists in three persons. At its very core, God is a relational God. One day, some folks asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Out of all of the commandments, what's the greatest? Jesus summed it up and he said this. It's about relationships. He said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. He said, do you want to know what the second one is? It's about relationships. Love your neighbor as yourself. And and then he says something mind-blowing. Jesus said, all of the laws, the thousands of laws in the Torah, all of the, all of the things that the prophets have prophesied throughout history can be summed up in these two laws. Love God, love people. God is a relational God. The Bible is written with the relational context. When Adam was created and put in the garden at the beginning of creation, God looked at him and said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so God created, whoa, man. Come on, how many of you brothers are glad? Come on, he created, whoa, man. See, it's not good for this brother to be alone because God is a relational God. He thinks relationally. When you read different places in the Bible, if you're not a student of the Bible, man, I encourage you to dive in the Bible, the Word of God. If you study the Bible, you will find in the Old and in the New Testament, there are different places in the Bible where the genealogy is listed. You'll see people's genealogy actually listed. Why does God do that? Because God thinks generationally. God thinks family. God God thinks connection. Matter of fact, when God describes himself, God says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God thinks family. God thinks relationship. God thinks generationally. When, when, when Jesus was getting ready to begin his public ministry, the first thing that he did was call 12 disciples. He said, follow me. Because Jesus could not fulfill his purpose and his plan without those disciples. You see, yes, a big part of Jesus' plan was to die on the cross for our sins. But another big part of Jesus' plan was to invest his life into these 12 men so that when he went back to be with his father, they could continue to preach the gospel. He could not fulfill his plan or his purpose without relationship. God is a relational God. God fulfills his purpose through relationships. And God created us as relational beings. And we cannot fulfill our purpose without having kingdom or godly or Christian relationships. And one of Satan's, Satan's goals is to kill, steal, and destroy your relationship connections so that he can stop you from fulfilling your purpose and God's plan for your life. Listen, the enemy of our soul wants to stop you from connecting relationally. Wants you to be so bitter and so hurt and so wounded that you don't connect relationally. Here's what I want to do today. I want to give you four arenas of relationships. Four arenas of relationships. And to fulfill your purpose, you will have to graduate from one arena to the next. You'll have to graduate. And the first arena is this, the public arena. Public arena. This arena says, I know and you know. I know and you know. When you meet someone in public, even if it's just for 
one minute. They know some things about you, and you know some things about them. Even at church today, you you meet people, and when you meet them, they they know some things about you, and and you know some things about them. I know, and you know. I, I call this the public you. We all have a public, a polished, a professional us. You know, you could have a horrible day coming to church today, and, you know, you talk to somebody today, you have the public you. When they say, how are you doing today? You say, pretty good. It's the public you, pretty good. How's life? Life's good. Family's good. Work's good. School's good. Friends are good. Life's good. It's the public you. You know, the public you, you know how you talk, the public you talks about the weather. Isn't this lovely weather? Don't you love the weather? Isn't the weather awesome? Like, you know what? Like we're having deep conversations. We're, weather's great. Can you believe the Cowboys lost to the Packers? <laughs> deep conversations. And can you believe the, 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 the Packers got blown out by the Falcons? Can, I mean, can you believe it? Can you believe Russell Westbrook, all the triple doubles he's having? Unbelievable. Can you tell Enos Cantor to quit hitting chairs? Come on, somebody. You know, these, these conversations, and, and these are all public conversations, the public arena. The, 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 these are all superficial, shallow kind of conversations. But most people, most people won't allow you to any, uh, in, into any other areas of their life. They, they stay shallow. They, they stay superficial. And listen, you will never fulfill your purpose in life if you stay at the public arena, if you just stay at the pretty good arena and you're not getting in. I'm staying closed off because God created you to build relationships with other Christ followers. I, I could give you so many scriptural examples of what I'm teaching of moving beyond the public arena. Let me just share one verse with you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Paul is riding to the church of Thessalonica, and he says, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. Listen, we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Paul says, when we were with you, we didn't just preach the gospel. We shared our lives with you. We did life with you. You got to know us. We got to know you. He said, I moved way beyond the public arena of just talking to you and preaching to you. I moved way beyond that, and I had a relationship with you. Let me ask you a question. Are there any other Christ followers that you've moved beyond the public arena and that you're building a relationship with? Is there there anybody that you're giving your life with and you're sharing your life with? Or are you stuck at the public arena level? Let me tell you something about the public arena level. It's lonely. It's lonely to live pretty good. God's good. Life's good. Everything's good. It's good. It's a lonely place to be. And it's also a place, if you don't hit reset, that you'll never fulfill your purpose. God, at his very core, is relational. He created us as relational beings. You'll only fulfill your purpose through relationships. I, I want you to understand the second arena, and that is the mask arena. The first arena is I know and you know. The, the mask arena is I know and you don't know. I know and you don't, don't know. And, and as human beings, we all wear masks. Come on, right now, we're all wearing a mask. And if you don't think you're wearing a mask, it's because you got four of them on. <laughs> and you don't even realize it. But we all have masks on. And a mask is simply this. I know, but you don't know. 
I know some things about me that you don't know, and you're not going to know. Come on, we all have issues that we don't tell people. We all have secrets that we don't tell everybody. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. When we have secrets and we're the only one that knows our secrets, we're in trouble. When we have secrets and and we're the only one that knows our secrets, we're in trouble. And if that's where you are today, you need to hit the reset button because you're in trouble when you're the only one that knows your secrets. Here's what the scripture teaches in Proverbs 28 and verse 13. It says, whoever conceals their sins, who hides their issues, who, who keeps their secrets only to themselves, the Bible says, does not prosper. But the, only one, but, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And, and I know what some of you are thinking right now. You think, that's right, Pastor. This is talking about God. I confess my sins to God. God is enough to know my secrets. Well, that's only 50% of the equation. You do need to confess your sins to God for forgiveness. God is the only one who can forgive us of our sins. So we need to confess our sins to God. But we confess our sins to God for forgiveness, but we've confessed our sins to Christians for healing. Here's what the scripture teaches in James chapter 5 and verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins, your faults, your issues to God. Oh, that's not what it says. I just tricked you. That's not, what it, that's not what it says. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Notice the Bible says a righteous person. In other words, you don't tell everybody your business. You don't tell everybody your sins. You don't tell everybody your issues. You tell a righteous somebody. And the Bible says there's healing that takes place in your life when you confess to a Christ follower, when you take off the mask. I have some people like that in my life. I have a handful of people where I take off the mask. I'm not Pastor Herbert to them all the time. I'm not. I can just be real about life, about struggle, about issues. They pray for me. Can I tell you? This scripture is so real to me because I have been healed by confessing. But I keep my secrets to myself, by opening up my life. I have found freedom in that. You say, well, Pastor Herbert, could you tell us your secrets? No, I don't know you like that. No, I don't know you like that. <laughs> here's, here's the question. Do you have somebody in your life? Do you have some Christians, some Christ followers? Well, you can take the map. Let me tell you, I'm preaching today to the majority of people. You don't have that in your life. You have secrets. You have masks. You have shallow relationships. And you'll never fulfill your potential if you don't move beyond the public and the mask arena. You'll never receive the healing that God has for your life if you don't move past the mask arena. Number three is this. There's a third arena, a third arena, a third arena in relationships, and that is this, the blind spot arena, the blind spot arena. And that is you know, but I don't know. You know, 
but I don't know. This is when you have spinach in your teeth and you don't know it. This is when you're walking around all confident and your zipper is down, but you're just walking around, hey, what's up? Hey, everybody. You don't know it. You're just like, it's a blind spot. A blind spot is like B.O. Everybody knows you have it but you. Come on, somebody. We, we don't see everything about ourselves. Even right now, you see things about me that I cannot see. I cannot see myself clearly. I have blind spots right now. I can't see my face. I can't see my ears. I can't see my head, my hair. I can't see my back. I have blind spots. And it's the same way in our life. When it comes to the different areas of our life, we all have blind spots. Let me say it to you like this. There's always a me I can't see. There's always a me I can't see. We must have people in our, in our lives who can be another set of eyes for us. And the reality is this. Most people don't like people messing with their blind spots. Matter of fact, most people don't even see their blind spots, so they don't even think they have blind spots. So when somebody tries to point it out, they get all defensive. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Because you, you, don't, you don't see yourself clearly. And if you don't have another set of eyes looking out for you, all you're doing is hindering your own life. Because there's a me you can't see. There's a me I can't see. It was um, two or three weeks ago we were having meetings. I was in meetings that day and kind of one of those big meeting days for me with, the, with different staff members. And, and I was in one particular meeting and, and one of our executive pastors, Pastor Dwayne, told me, he said, Pastor, he said, man, you got something in your nose. You got to, you know, get something hanging out your nose. It was, you got a booger in your nose. And I'm like, man, no, man, come on, you know, I'm, I'm not running no meeting with no booger in my nose. He said, hey, man, you got yeah, I mean, it's one of the boogers, you know what I mean? He was like talking to you, you know, like, hey, 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 hey there. Hey. That booger was, it was there. It was real. Come on, I mean, I thank God for Pastor Dwayne. He could have had me walking around all day in meetings and nobody said nothing. Ooh, I think, boy, they feel, morning's moving in these meetings. The Lord is moving. There's like, no, it's not the Lord, brother. It's the booger moving. It's the booger. I can't trust me. Because there's a me I can't see. If I'm the only person I listen to about me, I'm in trouble. Because there's a me I can't see. I can't just trust me. You can't just trust you. The Bible says it like this in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? All of us, no matter how much we love Jesus, have areas of deceit in our hearts. Some more than others. Some a lot more than others. But the reality is you can't just trust you. Listen, you don't see things as they are. You see things as you are. Hear me today. You don't see things as they are. You see things as you are. 
You have blind spots. Your personality and your career and your parenting and your relationships, you have blind spots and you need to have another set of eyes looking out for you and speaking into your life. And if you don't, friend, you're only hindering yourselves and some of you, you're hurting yourself. I have a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Chris Hodges, and pastors a great church, Church of the Highlands in Alabama, and he's preached here before, and Pastor Chris and I, we serve on the ARC board, the Association of Related Churches, helping to plant churches all around America and the world together, and, and he went on a missions trip to, to China, and he was there with a the team, and his wife was there, and, uh, and he's, you know, sharing and training pastors and leaders and you know, usually at the end of a missions trip, you take a day or half a day, and you're able to sightsee and enjoy the place that you're at. And, and, and so they, they went and saw the Great Wall of China, and it was awesome experience seeing the wall. And him and his wife had an earlier flight back to the States and trying to get back as soon as they could and on that, that sightseeing day. And, and so and he, they, they decided to catch a, catch a cab and get onto the airport, and you know, Pastor Chris, you get to know him. He's really, really organized, really a guy, you know, controlling his schedule, likes to have margin, doesn't want to be late, want to make sure he has plenty of margin. So he's, you know, got his luggage, him and his wife, put in the cab and got in the cab, getting ready to get to the airport. And, and the missionary says, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, come, 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 Pastor Chris. He's, Chris said, no, man, I, I got to get to the airport. I can't come. He said, no, 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 Pastor Chris. I insist now. Come, Pastor Chris. He said, amen. You ruined my margin. You ruined my margin. I'm going to the airport. No, 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 Pastor Chris, I insist. Come now. Come now, Pastor Chris. He's, he's frustrated. But he gets out the car with his wife and gets his luggage. He said, you know, he's thinking, this better be important, man. He said, what, what is it? You messing with my margin, man? He said, Pastor Chris, that is not a real cab. That's one of those fake cabs that take you out into the woods, kill you, and steal all of your stuff. How I many know that day that missionary was Pastor Chris's best friend? Come on, somebody. Because he saw what he couldn't see. And he kept him from trouble. And I'm telling you, some of you, you're the only one speaking into your life. You think you got your life under control. And I'm telling you, you need another set of eyes. You have blind spots. You have areas in your life. You're not seeing it clearly. And you're hurting your own life. Because you don't listen to anybody else. You don't have any close enough relationships to speak into your life. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 27, verse 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. You have to have some friends who can wound you. Listen, listen. it goes on to say, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Anybody's always kissing on me. You're just awesome. You're just incredible. You're the most incredible thing in the world. I know what you're saying behind my back. I want a friend that'll be honest with me, that'll speak truth into my life. I have a question for you. Do you have any friends, some Christian friends, who can wound you? That they can point out your blind spots and you don't get defensive. Some of you, all you have are superficial friends. And if they ever try to point something out, anymore. You're trying to hurt me. You need to be hurt sometimes. I'm talking about friends that really love you, that speak the truth in love, looking out for your back, 
Some of you don't have that. You need to hit the reset button because there are areas in your life right now where you don't see clearly. You see things as you are, not as they are. And you need another set. This has been one of the biggest blessings in my life. I've really opened up to it a whole nother level over the last 18 months or so, 24 months. And it's just a whole new level. People speaking to my life when it first started happening, you know, I get a little defensive. And you don't know. You don't see. You know. uh-uh, I'm listening now. Because I realize there really is a me that I can't see. I got some boogers that I don't know about. I need somebody to tell me. <laughs> and you do too. You got to have some relationships. Wounds from a friend. It has to be a friend. You got to have some relationships. Number four is this. There's a fourth arena, fourth arena, and that is the potential arena, the potential arena. And the potential arena says this, I don't know, and you don't know. I don't know, and you don't know. You see, by ourselves, we will never know our full potential. And the tragic thing is in the Western culture that we live in, we have this meism mentality. It's just me and Jesus, just me and Jesus walking in the flowers together. You're never going to fulfill your potential as you and Jesus. God is a relational God. He accomplishes his purpose relationally. Joshua would have never known his potential if he wouldn't have got connected with Moses. Friends, Elisha would have never fulfilled his potential if he wouldn't have got connected to Elijah. Timothy would have never reached his full potential if he didn't get connected to Paul. Jesus would have never fulfilled his purpose if he didn't get connected with the 12 disciples. The disciples would have never fulfilled their purpose if they didn't get connected together in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 and have relationship. God builds his kingdom relationally. (laughs) Pastor, I don't need anybody. Well, you can believe that. But you're never going to fulfill your purpose by yourself. You will only fulfill your purpose with other Christ followers. We is always better than me. We is always better than me. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love. We, in our culture today, Christianity today, is me. Me will grow. Me, 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 me. No, 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 no. You're missing it. You're not, you're not going to make it with me. It's we will grow. To become in every respect the mature body. You're only going to mature. You're not growing in maturity by yourself. That's just me and Jesus. We're just so deep. You're not as deep as you think you are. It's the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ from the whole body. Joined. you got to be joined. That's why the church is so important. The local church, small groups. So you got to be joined and held together by every supporting ligament. And it grows and builds itself up in love. As each part does its work. Listen, the hand will never fulfill its potential by itself. The hand by itself is just a nasty piece of flesh. Unless it finds an arm. The arm by itself is just, you just get an arm by itself, it's just a nasty piece of flesh. Unless it gets connected to a shoulder. Just nasty. And that's what we do. You know, it's, it's amazing how many nasty pieces of flesh are out here thinking they're doing something for God. Just, woo, it's me by myself. Woo, woo. No, no. You're a nasty piece of flesh and nobody's told you that yet. You got to get connected to the body. That's how you reach your full potential. God is a relational God at his very core. The Bible is written relationally. And God causes us to reach our potential relationally. We need one another. We 
is better than me. Here's the question. Here's the question. Here's the question. Here's what I close with. For, just food for thought. What stops us from building relationships? What stops us from connecting? It's biblically. What stops us? I can think of two reasons. Two reasons. The first reason that you don't connect with people is people. It's people. Come on. People are crazy. You know what I mean? You know, it's like people, people, pastor, people are crazy. Pastor, I tried people. People hurt me. They've wounded me. They've laughed at me. They've ridiculed me. They abused me. They walked out on me. Pastor, I don't do people. I do dogs. I got a dog. I got a cat. And listen, I've been wounded. I've been hurt. I've been abused. I've been let down. And you know one of the greatest decisions that I've made is to let God heal me. Listen, my life is not a bed of roses. I have been through trauma and pain and been disappointed and betrayed. I've been talked about, lied on, just like you have. But the choice that I've made is I'm going to let Jesus heal me. It hasn't always been easy. I'm going to let him heal my heart. You know what some people say? Well, pastor, I'm just giving it time. Time won't heal you. Time won't heal you. Time will take bitterness and turn it into a bitter root. It won't heal you. Only Jesus can heal you. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can heal you. And here's, here's my prayer. I want you to hear me sincerely. Here's my prayer for you. Because as your pastor, I truly want what's best for your life. My prayer, just like I experienced it, is that you would just let Jesus heal you. You know, let him touch your heart. That, that you, this is what I'm doing, that you would lean into relationships like never before. I'm leaning into relationships like never before with my small group and with friends and opening my life, my world up to people, talking at a deeper level than I've ever had. Because you know why? We is better than me. I cannot fulfill my purpose if I'm not connected. Man, I, I pray God heals you. I pray that you'll trust again and you'll build relationships again and you'll do life with Christians again, that you just won't flop out of here by yourself and think you're good. You, you know a second reason people don't connect with other people? Number one is people. Number two is pride. Pride. We all have something in us that says, what if they really get to know the real me? Not the public me, the real me. Will they like me? Pastor, I don't want nobody to know my secrets. It's pride. Nobody can know. Nobody can get, nobody can know that. Some of you would even feel this way today. You would feel, I don't need people. I hear you, Pastor. I don't need people. It's pride. You do need people. You do need the body of Christ. You do need a church family. You do need to be connected. You do need a small group. You really do. That's my hope, my prayer, is that this year you would hit reset and push away the pain and the hurt and let God heal you. Push away your own pride and get connected. 
I believe in this so deeply. We have a ministry, small groups at all of our locations. We have pastors that are paid to lead groups and to help group leaders. We have, we have a lay army of leaders, volunteers that lead small groups. That have busy schedules just like you. But they know the importance of connecting and doing life together and building relationships. And how there's healing and care and how we grow to maturity together. Here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask a slew of you at all of our locations today. Would you lead a group? Would you give six weeks of your life this winter and spring and lead a group? Would you gather some people and say, we're going to do life together. We're going to grow closer to God and each other. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Take out the connection card of the seat back pocket near you. You may have filled one out today with a prayer request. Take one of those out. Say, Pastor, I'll lead a group. I want to connect. I want to help, help others connect. Just write your name and information there on that connect card. And at the bottom of it, just write down small group leader, small group leader. You can just turn it in at one of the offering boxes right on the doors at all of our locations. Just drop them there. We want you to lead. Here's the second thing I want you to do. If you say, Pastor, I want to help get people connected. Help people grow. I believe in this. I, be, I know God's a relational God. Would you get to our trainings, our small group trainings? We're going to resource you. We're going to give you everything you need. We're going to teach you how to do it. It's really easy. It's not that hard. It just takes somebody who's willing, who says, here I am, Lord. Use me. And in your bulletin, our trainings, I know there's going to be one next Sunday after the last service, the following Sunday, after the last service, the 5th and the 12th. And we're going to give you pizza. And come on, that'll make some of you come. Well, I'm coming now. Pizza, praise the Lord. Well, come on. Come on. We need you. There are an army of people that need to get connected, that are doing life by themselves, that are lonely and hurting and don't even know how much they need to get connected, how much it will change their life. So would you lead a group? I'm counting on you. And there are some of you that say, Pastor, I'm not going to lead, but would you get connected? Would you go out to Group Central today after our service? Get out to Group Central and find a group to get involved in. If you don't like that group when you go, it may not be a right fit, try another group. If you don't like that group, try a third group. If you don't like that group, try a fourth group. If you don't like the fourth group, the problem is you. Come on, somebody. You, you got a problem. Let Jesus help you. There, is no, there are no perfect people and no perfect groups. No perfect church. Here's what I'm saying. Church, I sincerely mean this with all of my heart. Most of us don't understand the Bible. That the Bible is written relationally. Because our God is a relational God. He thinks family. He thinks generationally. He thinks relationship. We think me. What am I going to get? It's about me. That's not your heavenly father. Would you get connected and watch God change your life?